a lot of people, when they speak about fuck the police, they act like it, it started right there. They act like, okay, they said fuck us, and now it's a war. No, you did a bunch of shit before that led to someone saying fuck you. That's right. The message. Spotlighting the most important voices of today with Ebro. An open dialogue about their experiences in these times and the music that inspires them. Welcome back to The Message. I am your host, Ebro Darden. Today, I'm sitting down with Atlanta rapper and family man, my bro, T.I., to talk about his message of black liberation. You know, whenever me and Tip get together to talk, it's going to get heavy. We're going to go there. So today, we're diving into the American police state, protests, family drama, and of course, we're going to dig into some joints from his message playlist, available right now on Apple Music. So let's dig into it with T.I., Ladies and gentlemen, another episode of The Message. T.I. has joined us today. Tip, um, A, thank you for your time. B, you have given a lot of time to the people, to the culture, and you have something, you have a message. You have had a message, a consistent message over the last several years um, since Trayvon Martin's murder, Mm. um, where you have made sure that you have shown up to support not just the Atlanta community, but just the greater black community, protesters, grassroots organizations, all of that. Um, I feel like your message um, has been one about, you know, uplifting our communities, getting organized, mobilizing, and uh, and making sure that we don't uh, fall for the okie doke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I think of all the things that plague our communities, man, uh, sticking together would we, we, we solve 99% of it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. so I, I mean, I think the message has always been liberation. You know what I mean? Just providing the info that can lead people to the understanding that, hey, look, we're going to have to come together if we're going to overrun this. T.I. created a playlist for us today, 25 songs. Mm. Um, I want to, you start the, the playlist with a joint off the Libra, How I Feel, with yeah. Killer Mike. Yep, you and yep. Killer Mike um, shared shared the podium. Produced uh, by David Banner. Heated. Produced by David Banner. Oh, wow, Banner. I did not, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, okay. produced by David Banner. Yeah, absolutely. David Banner, also somebody that is very outspoken and very informative mm. and a great a great person to have. Right on. Um, was this uh was this uh something that you and David Banner linked up for first and then you got Killer Mike? How'd the record come together and tell us what the song's about? Uh yeah, so David Banner got me a pack of beats and I went through it and found this, this one. And it, you know what I'm saying, it spoke to me. It resonated. Um and I just, and it was during that 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 period, like, you know, where it was a pandemic, but it was still protests and it was still things being being done. It was right, I think, right after Ray Shard. Uh, got shot at the Wendy's, you know what I'm saying? In mm-hmm. that in in that moment, that was the energy that kind of filled my day. So and right. at, at night when I come to the studio, and I'm uh you know listening to music, uh, it's gonna be a reflection of whatever I've experienced that day. So this record, you know, I did my part, and then I you know of course hit Killer, say man, I need you on here, and he obliged. Uh, Eric Bellinger came in and just kind of laced it when we couldn't clear the Alexander O'Neill sample and we had to replay it. So Eric Bellinger came in and just laced it, man. And it's better than it's better than 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 the original that I recorded to. Um, every song on your playlist, um, Marvin Gaye was going on. 
Uh, Lil Baby, The Bigger Picture, Fuck the Police, N.W.A., Changes, Tupac, Me Against the World, Kendrick Lamar, All Right, Karis One, Love's Gonna Get You, James Brown, Say It Loud. Um, your, your playlist is not only um, about love, but it's about black love specifically. Sure. And about a, a, rec a, a recognition of like, you know, um, that we need each other. That's right. All of these songs, you know, speak to that. Right. Take us into, I'd love to hear how you feel, little Baby, and the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Him showing up at that at that moment in time during all these protests, him showing up, not only having a perspective, you know, as an artist, right. but delivering a hit song, too. Uh, man, I think that was very well played. Uh, because, for one, because it was so unexpected. It was so unexpected. Right. He was, he, I think he was of the percentile of, of, of youngsters that people kind of assume would stay out of the discussion. Uh, mm -hmm. So for him to kind of so eloquently speak from his perspective, not necessarily compromising one position for another, but saying, yo, from where I stand, did what I see. And this is what I think, you know, it takes to move us past it. Uh, I think, you know what I'm saying? That was, it was very well played, very well done. Tip, you have a couple of songs from Kendrick Lamar on here. Yeah. Um, Talk about Kendrick, his music, and you know, um, just what what Kendrick means to you as a fan of rap. Man, uh, as a fan of rap, he probably is the most present day. I think he's probably the most successful revolutionary rapper alive. You dig? Mm -hmm. It's hard to sell. It's hard to like you know do good business. In the revolutionary cat in the revolutionary category, you know what I mean. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. You dig? Uh, you, you know, artists like KRS-One and 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 mm -hmm. uh, even Common. You know what I'm saying? Most mm -hmm. most deaf. The Roots. You know what I'm saying? Usually, kind of have to trade commercial success for speaking truth in the revolution. You dig? Mm -hmm. um, and Kendrick has been one who who has been able to simultaneously achieve both, and I think that's that's extremely special. That's that's an art within itself. Tip, um, as a father, um, and you know, cause there's there's love on this album. Mm. You know, you have your wife's music on here, the stuff she wrote for Escape. Before that, you have Nothing Even Matters, Lauren Hill, D'Angelo. Right. You have your son. How it feels, his single. Right. But then you have the joint with with you and him together. So you close out the playlist with, you know, I mean, love is all through here. That's but right. You close out the playlist as a dad and as a as a husband. Okay. You know what I mean? That's right. Uh um, talk about that message for other dads, you know what I'm saying, that look, look have seen your family on TV and have seen you go through, you know, some shit in public. <laughs> tumultuous times, yes. <laughs> you know, um, talk about that message. What is that message for other young dads? How did you persevere? What was your, what was your guiding light through those times? How did you stay focused? Well, for one, you got to quiet down the noise, you know, because mm. anytime you find yourself in a situation that is kind of antagonized by the public, you know, in public opinion. Anytime there's public opinion involved, there's gonna be a lot of voices and opinions thrown around that could drown out 
your voice inside and could drown out your 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 honest opinion of it from your perspective. So it's important to kind of like drown out the noise and 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 get to the nucleus, to the circus. I mean, excuse me, not the circus, get to the circle, your 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 immediate social circle, and you you spread out from there. You know what I mean? Like, how can I say this? Let's just say dealing with what I dealt with with my daughter. So first, I go to her. I go to her. Hey, what's going on? Uh, you know, I, man, I mean it like that. You know that. You know what you want me to do. How you want to fix it? You, want, you know what I mean? And if it's straight there, then the other opinions and stuff don't matter. Once my daughters, my wife, my mama, you know, the women in my life, if they straight, and I ain't really tripping about y'all. You know what I'm saying? Y'all could talk because y'all don't know me. I'm, I care more about the people who know me, my sister, my nieces, my cousins. You know what I mean? If we straight there, if I'm straight there, then that's that's how I drown out the noise. You know what I mean? That's how the noise kind of. And, you know, the same thing if I'm dealing with stuff with my wife, you know, because sometimes, you know what I'm saying, folk throw stuff out there with her. I go to her. So what's going on? How are we going to deal with it? You know, what's up? What you want to see happen? And if I'm good there, then I ain't really worried about what everybody else got to say. So I think that's, but you have to kind of be humble enough and I guess patient enough because you don't get the you don't get the, the immediate answer. It ain't just like sometimes you get door slammed in your face. Fuck you. You know what I mean? But you gotta come back. <laughs> you gotta you can't <laughs> you gotta come back and say, okay, so tomorrow then, no problem. And you know what I'm saying? And you give it an hour, a day, or whatever, and you come back. All right, cool. So you you want to deal with it now? We we gonna have to deal with it eventually. So let's go on and deal with it and move forward instead of getting stuck in one spot. And you know what I mean? And I think your ability to kind of get through stuff with the people around you first and get an understanding with the people around you first, that kind of mutes the noise that comes from the outside world. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's hit them with that understanding, cause that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm talking about you talking about talking about understanding. <laughs> you dig what I'm saying? It sounds like this is what you're talking about. And you also talk about nothing even matters. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I mean, that's important because you have to find, so you, like, you know, uh, those of us who are lucky will find someone that you feel like, man, if everything else fell down to hell, as long as me and you are still together, I'm straight. Everybody got to have that in their life. Or else it's all, you're going to always have an empty spot. You know what I mean? But... I think that that's important to find that person. It'd be like, man, you know what I'm saying? I don't care nothing about all the rest of it. As long as this here straight, I'm good. So I think that's that's an important record. That's the message right there from T.I. Tip, you got um some classic B.I.G. Mm. and Puffy that's on right. here. That's right. You, you, you picked My Downfall and Victory. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, what, why specifically those two records on this playlist? Well, Outside of you loving them and being them being dope records, it feels like there's a message in there. I mean, because I think that you like it's 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 triumphant. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, they both talk about overcoming the odds. People expecting you to fail and you didn't, and you showed them, and you showed them. And no matter how how hard they worked at being negative, you 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 still use that, you know, as positive energy. You know what I mean? I think. Like those, those are very. They're near and dear to my heart. That messaging is near and dear to my heart. That's an application I have to use consistently. Uh, and they kind of, you know, they kind of showed me how to, how to, you know, they direct that. You know what I mean? These records are 
these are records that I listen to and I need to, you know what I'm saying? I need to get myself together. You got Fuck the Police on here. Mm-hmm. You got White Man's World on here. Mm-hmm. I want to play both of those records because, uh, you know, I know how you feel about where the policing in America comes from and where it is today. Yeah. Which is to oppress, mm -hmm. restrain, and enslave, bully, and slave. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many studies have been done. Um, but talk about, you know, look, Ice Cube at, at a young 18 wrote this record. Yeah. You know, um Well see that's because even, at eighteen he had like like uh, a exponential experience with That's right. The 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 worst part of a police interaction. You know what I'm saying? As a student in high school, you dig, uh, you know, he, he kinda bared the brunt of the energy that led to fuck the police. A lot of people, when they speak about fuck the police, they act like it, it started right there. They act like, okay, they said, fuck us, and now it's a war. Now you did a bunch of shit before that led to someone saying, fuck you. That's right. Yeah, I mean, right. and a lot of people don't they, don't, they don't look at it that way. This wasn't a battle cry. This was, you know, kind of like the, the, I guess, the commercial. Like, letting you know, hey, this shit's going on. This was like uh, an alarm that, that was ringing. Like, mm -hmm. hey, man, y'all see this shit? Y'all know this shit happening? Y'all cool with this? And it seems as though, you know, not many things have changed. Well, and it's specifically, you know, um, understanding the, 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 I guess, the, the geography and the sociology of Los Angeles and Compton mm. specifically being a, a middle-class black suburb that was being over-policed right. because of the racist policing in Los Angeles where you have a black community going, hey, why y'all tripping in our neighborhoods like this? Right. And specifically, why are you bullying our youth? Right. And abusing our youth. Right. You know, which is where it always starts. Sure. With some that police officers. Trying to get niggas in line. And on young kids. Trying exactly. To, trying to get niggas in line. Trying to kill their confidence. Trying to, you know, uh, subdue them to the point that they can be controlled with mere words and suggestions when they get to be, you know, full-grown adults. You know what I mean? Trying to break a horse. Trying to break a pony as much... You know, that's much less daunting of a task than breaking in a full-blown stallion. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of the mentality that is is being applied here. Uh, but it's important that we kind of rebel, revolt, and, and empower our young black men and women with as much information, uh, as much awareness, and as much confidence as possible. You're listening to The Message. My guest, my brother T.I., if you want to hear his exclusive message playlist, just search Apple Music for The Message. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast while you're here so you can keep up to date on every episode. Now let's get back to my combo with T.I. T.I., we're going to close. We're going to throw it back. Um, you brought up something just before we got into that N.W.A. and that, that Tupac white man's world where you said, you know, police often or society are those that, you know, be on that uh, um, 
uh, Blue Lives Matter like to act like fuck the police was the origin right. of, you know, of the of the animosity. Right. <laughs> you like know what that I'm was like, like that was the that was the first interaction that black people have had with the police. It's like they, they make it seem like the police introduced themselves, like, hi, how you doing? We're the we're law enforcement. And we said, fuck you, law enforcement, fuck the police. <laughs> nah, bro. Like, it was every like Nigga, every uh, uh, cause and effect in every element of life, you can expect that. Well, for generations, for, for generations. For generations on generations. You know what I mean? It's been fucked the police. It's just that motherfuckers were scared to say it before. Now you got motherfuckers mm -hmm. to a point where they have a platform and they have a, 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 a new purpose. And just like, you know, it was, it was done with music and words when Ice Cube could finally say, nah, man, fuck these motherfuckers, man. Yeah, you know I mean, that was in the '80s, and now in 2020, I think these young kids, they like, hey, it is what it is. We're gonna show y'all how much is fuck you in a minute. So I think you got to any human being, is any man, any living species that's backed up into a corner is going to eventually respond with self-defense. It like mm -hmm. that's you can't stop that. That's God-given. It's universal law. So if you continue to antagonize, you continue to poke and push, eventually there's gonna be some poking and pushing back. It is. And that's why, you know, uh, and even that in all of that process, you know, making black people not be a proud to be black mm. and and think less of themselves right. is why Black Lives Matter. It's, it's applying a value sure. to the life of black people. And sure. I say that to take us into this James Brown record as we rap, because uh, this is T.I. This is the message. Um, say it loud. You dig what I'm saying? I'm black and I'm proud. Hey, you know something I wanted to ask you, man? I went, when I saw something, yes, sir. I saw I saw it on uh, Crazy Bones uh, Instagram. And I think mm -hmm. he, he basically read a letter that came from a, a, a music industry insider that was invited to a private closed door meeting in 1991 or 1990, something like that. Uh, and basically that people in there that were invested in music were pushing the agenda to promote lawlessness and poverty and basically all the shit that we mm. grew up listening to for the purpose of, and also investing in privatized prison industry at the same time. At the at simultaneously. Simultaneously, but it was a, it was a conscious effort. Like, hey, we finna invest in these prisons, then we run the music, so all we gonna do is put out music that's highly focused on this. So if people hear this and they repeat what they hear, they're gonna get locked up and we're gonna fill our beds in the prisons and we're gonna win on both ends. That's what the letter said. Mm -hmm. I don't know how true this is, but I was wondering if you heard it. Well, that would, I would, that would have to assume, so we would then have to assume that when the crack era really got going, mm -hmm. And the, and the gang era, the gangs really got cracking right. mid to late 70s, mm -hmm. early 80s. Mm -hmm. So that was especially, I mean, now gangs been going in Chicago since the 60s. Right. You've been had gangs and all that in New York, you know, from the 70s. I mean, shit, you had a, mobs, gangs, yeah, you had all, was, type, everything. all type of shit. Irish, black, yeah. everybody had a gang. Gangs in New York so was the 1600s, of, I think. Right, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So... I say all that to say that the 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 idea of a marginalized uh, community mm -hmm. feeling like they have to figure out how to 
A, generate revenue to, oh. to, to, to get out of what a scenario. Right. And then whatever inter internal animosity takes place mm -hmm. was all charged by the music business. I don't believe, I believe the music is a, ref mm. a reflection of society. I do too. I don't necessarily believe, I don't necessarily believe that music drives, um, behavior first. I no, believe I don't either. it can become a cycle though. I believe it could become a cycle. Yeah. It could become a vicious cycle. It's it sort of like stuck. a... I it's do a, believe that. It's sort of like which came first, the chicken or the egg, kind of. You know what I'm saying? I honestly believe... But you, then you'd also... You but also you have, have people to, who... And, and, you, you have people who hold in the cards who could kind of push a little bit more, spend a little more time pushing this out to, you know what I'm saying, as a message uh, than they do pushing this, which would be a more yes. positive message. And, 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 yeah. and simultaneously... Investing in a, pri a privatized prison industry that would, you know, profit it's or not benefit. Impossible. Okay. It's now not I, impossible. I'm not saying it's true or not. I just wonder if other industry insiders has heard the same thing. Like if I this have is... heard that. Okay, I've heard cool. that before. Okay. I've heard of it before. I um I, I think because I lived it in the '90s as a as a I was on the radio in the '90s. Yeah. Um, and so I saw the music that was coming out. Now, you know what I mean, and 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 the music that was coming out, we still had success with uh, Boom Bap, KRS-One, Common had a lot of success at the time. Sure. You still had Black Star, you still had Gang Star, you still had, you know, there was definitely a consciousness that took place in the '90s of music right. from the underground that that went gold, went platinum. Sure. You know what I'm saying Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul. You know what I mean? Now, did you also have you know, Snoop, and did you also have these other things for sure? But it wasn't one hip hop wasn't one dimensional in the nineties. No, not 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 to say that it was. Not to say that it was. I'm just saying I remember at one time, like, for example, Public Enemy was one of the biggest groups, like, you know what I'm saying, ever. And then it just went to a time where that shit just kinda went away. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That shit you just can't you just heard you just start hearing that shit less and less. You know what I'm saying? Even like when mm -hmm. did when did Queen Latifah make you and I T Y? What year was that? That had to be 92, yeah. 90, 91, 92, 93. Okay, cool. So like I think around that time and when they saying that this stuff took place or at a time of right and we, then you always wonder what the, whatever happened to brand Nubians? They had such a huge successful right. album and then what happened? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, they had a, they had, they actually, they actually had a couple of more regional hits after that, but it didn't. They didn't have a, a you know, they didn't have commercial success. Did somebody put a ceiling on their success? Is what I'm saying. Was the it's music possible. not? Was the music not as good? If the, I it, wouldn't say that. I would so say if the that, music well, was as looking good. Looking back at them, I think looking back at them specifically, Poobah, remember Poobah went solo. He had a little solo moment, uh, so they kind of. They okay. kind of had some little internal, but gotcha. now that maybe that was... Gotcha. I, you know. But I'm just saying, so when I read it, because I had never heard that before, you know what I'm saying? So when I heard yeah. him reading this letter, and I need to go back and do a little more research, but I wanted to ask somebody like you who I know was around at the time and who kind of would be... Now, I'll tell you this. This is the piece that people, that I lived. What's that? On the radio side, the other side, mm -hmm. advertising agencies and sponsors did not want rap on the radio. Mm. I lived that. 
They sent, I, I was at the radio station when the fax came through and it said, do, and you can look this up because Al Sharpton was all over it and everybody was all over it. Mm -hmm. Do you want clients or do you want culprits was what the fax said. Damn. Meaning, if you play, if your radio station plays rap music, the advertisers on that station, you're attracting criminals to your business because of mm. this music that's on the air. Where did the facts come from? It was sent out from an advertising agency mm. that dealt with the ad that dealt with advertisers. So you could look, that's some 90 shit. That's that I lived that. See, so I would love to like kind of timeline all of this stuff. So kind in the timeline of all this stuff, I feel right. like we could kind of figure out, you know what I'm saying, exactly how. Yeah, but it was and 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 remember, even in the 80s, so I know the program director that played that Run DMC. Back. Well, no, but I know the program director that played Run DMC Sucker MCs mm. the first time in New York City. Okay. Who was that, by the Black way? Black radio station. His name is Barry Mayo. Okay. Black radio stations, WBLS, which I know the people at WBLS, mm -hmm. did not and would not play that street music on the radio. I mean, that's, that's, that sounds like, you know what I'm saying, uh, Dope Boys in the Trap, where nobody but Greg Street would play that. Nobody. So they didn't... So the idea that there was a uh, corporate push... I, I actually saw it the other way. I saw a corporate push not wanting these voices. Mm-hmm. And now, and they didn't, when did that all change and why, I think, is what we're looking that into. That changed, that, right, that changed not because of black owners, but because of white radio owners. Uh-huh. Because in, in, in 1992, okay. KMEL uh -huh. changed to uh, Where Hip Hop Lives. But the voice of the radio station, the voice of the radio, that station that launched it, and their slogan was Where Hip Hop Lives and Peace in the Streets, mm -hmm. was KRS-One. He was the voice of the radio station. Gotcha. He was also the voice of the radio station that launched Hot 97. Gotcha. Um, and you had Flavor Flav on the radio. You had... Uh, you had, I mean, that was the 90s hip-hop sound. Ed, that was Ed Lover, Dr. Dre. You know, sure. that was all of that zone of... So it wasn't, you know, uh, an unbalanced, debaucherous offering. You okay. know what I'm saying? Okay, It was it I'm gonna was look definitely... Into the, I'm going to do, do that timeline, man. I'm going to look into, you know, what, 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 uh, the letter that Crazy Bone read on this page. I'm going to find it myself and see if I could do a little more research and see what... And because remember, now here go another piece that okay. people, and I know we got to wrap up. NWA straight out of Compton dropped in 1988. Uh-huh. In, in 1988, mom and pop record stores got sound scanned. Mm. So before 1988, you could not see via electronic, you know, tallying okay. how many records sold in a Mom and small neighborhood record store, which existed mostly in black neighborhoods. Gotcha. And so straight out of Compton, when it came out, that shit exploded because gotcha. they, they had sound, sound scan, scan in yeah. the hood. 
Got it. So that lined up, which that is what exploded hip hop at the record labels. Because remember, before that, before 88, what you got, one, two rap albums a year? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, what so how did you, they count? Really so how getting... did they count I'm bad? Like how did how did I'm bad get? Because that was like what 85? I mean, they got, yeah, they counted it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like beating the pop joints. Gotcha. It wasn't, you know, number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Like 88 is when the rap albums and the hip-hop albums was beating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And those records was the gangster street albums that was doing very well. What year was Walk This Way? Run DMC, Walk, Walk This, this Way, way was off Raising Hell album. So that was what, 86? Okay, all right, all right. That was a big motherfucker. And remember, right, and even with that, remember, they made a crossover record. Yeah, Walk This I'm Way That's was the first, already a hit. That was the first that was the first collaboration where hip hop kind of met rock and roll and you did. Right. Yeah, and bet. that was the MTV record. Remember, they had the MTV video. Mm -hmm. And now look back at the video. The passing of the baton, if you will. Well, that and Run DMC in that record, they not even really, a lot of the song is not even their lyrics. They're rapping, listen to the original Aerosmith record. Okay. Then listen to the Run DMC record. Mm -hmm. The verses they're doing are the same verses as the Aerosmith record. Oh, they just redoing oh in their voices. They just redoing another the, the record over again because that's that was the play. The play was to get it mainstream. Got it. You know what I'm saying? It was it was done on purpose. And that's Rick Rubin and all them doing and, and Russell doing that shit. Got you. Yeah, man, you took us down. You got me on a whole. Yeah, hole you know what I'm saying. Now, hey, man. listen, man. That's why that, you know. That's why I like to talk to you because I know you have the information. You know what I'm saying that I that, that, that I could use to kind of navigate myself through this yeah. time period. You know what I mean? Like I was around, yeah, but I wasn't necessarily aware. You know what I mean? I was born in '80s, so in '86 I was six. Right. You I was I, mean? I was 11. Yeah, you was in it. You was in the thick of it. I was it. just getting outside. I was watching my uncles and them drink St. <laughs> Odds in the driveway listening to, you know what I'm saying, listening to Too Short. Right on. That's what's up. <laughs> it's always cool, though, bro. Right. I appreciate it. Always. Let me wrap this up. Listen, the message, T.I., his whole playlist is available right there in Apple Music. We taking this out of here. James Brown, say it loud. I'm black, black and I'm, I'm proud. proud. Tip, thank you, you for your time that. today, man. Hey, man, thank you. Appreciate the love. The message. Don't push me. Call. I'm close to the edge. An open dialogue about the voices of today and their experiences through music that inspires them.